0: Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for an opportunity to worship a living God. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to dive into the scriptures now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. We're gonna we're gonna read verses seven through fifteen. If you're New here, we're in the third installment of a series we've called Enjoy Your Life, where we've been studying through the book of Philippians. This is week three, and every single morning at 7.30, uh, we've been getting into the Word as a church on Facebook Live, not to do it to impress people, but to make sure we get a correct understanding, and I hope you've been enjoying that. Um, man, um, I hope that God's been speaking to you, but I wanna, I wanna focus in now on the verses we've read the past two days, so if you missed it, here they are, and then the focus today. Verse seven, if you're ready for the word of God, shout, I'm ready. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that righteousness, that comes from God on the basis of faith. I wanna know Christ. Come on, am I talking to anybody? I wanna know Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on through the disappointments I press on through the pain. I press on through the circumstance to take hold for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Can I get an amen? I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. I wanna, Read again, verse 13, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Help me announce my sermon title to your neighbor. Say, I'm making progress, but, somebody shout, but, I ain't there yet. Come on, touch your other neighbor, and say, you ain't there yet. I still got a long ways to go. Will you um, will you pray with me, and let's ask God to do what we can't do for ourselves to transform, to save, to change. Will you stretch your hand towards heaven, you're watching online, just stretch your hand wherever you're at, unless you're driving, keep two hands on the wheel. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you as living and active. God, I just pray that we, man, we get to just see a, a clear picture of you, that we get to get a beautiful picture of heaven when people are surrounded. They're not there for wrong motives. They're not there for attention, but they're there to worship you, the one true living God. Today, God, would we worship? Would you be honored and glorified in our time? Would you remove distractions from this place? Remove distractions from our minds. Unblock our heart to receive the word that you'll have for us today. Stand in my body, speak through my mouth the things you would have us know, say, and do. We love you so much. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said. Come on, everybody set. Hey, say hi to somebody next to you once again. Thank you for those tuning in online. So glad that you're here. Uh, church, can we welcome our online family one time? We're so glad that they're joining us online. Come on, clap your hands. And if you haven't shared the stream yet online, please share it. If you're in the house and you want to pull out your phone, you can do that. But get those sermon notes. Uh, Everybody knows that you're 98% more likely to get to heaven if you take notes. Come on, somebody. Um, And uh, we'd love to encourage you today to write it down. You'll be more likely to remember it and apply it. But um, we're doing this series because I really believe that God wants you to enjoy your life. I believe that we have to have an understanding of what that means, but I really believe that God actually wants you to enjoy your life, and I also believe that this could be your best year ever if it is your best year spiritually, which is why every single day we're not just talking about having a Sunday morning faith, but we're talking about what it looks like to worship and serve God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through Saturday, and then gather again on Sunday to be encouraged and challenged. And I love this passage because Paul is talking about how to mature spiritually. He's talking about how we grow. And, and what I believe about everybody here is there's something inside of you that knows you may not be who you used to be, but you still got a long way to go. Can I get an amen? And so our desire, right, is to grow. It's to mature. It's, it's to take steps forward in our walk with God. Or maybe it's to just figure out who he is. Maybe you're here and you're not a believer. I want, I want you to know that this is the place you can belong before you believe. We're not not terrified of your doubts, neither is God. We're not gonna pretend to be something we're not. It takes too much work, but I'm so glad that you're here. But the goal of our time, really, is to help people follow Jesus and fall more in love with Jesus. Can I get an amen? And one of the greatest hindrances for you making progress today from becoming who God made you to be, from doing what God is calling you to do in the future, is who you were yesterday. One of the greatest enemies to progress today is the pain from yesterday, the disappointments from yesterday, the things you went through in your past, the, the letdowns. How many of you know that the letdowns from the past will also often keep you down in the present? And so what Paul is instructing us is he's saying, listen, if you wanna enjoy your life, you're gonna to have to learn how to move forward and press on. And the greatest hindrance to that oftentimes is the pain of our past. But I also believe, that one of the greatest enemies of today's progress is yesterday's success. Not just the things that hurt you, but the things you find pride in, the the accomplishments you have, the the tendency we have to celebrate all that we've achieved, the, the accolades, the things you've accomplished in life. Oftentimes what will keep us from moving forward today is because we're still finding the success in yesterday. Y'all know anybody who just lives in the glory days? Where we can't really move forward because we're still talking about when I was 16 in high school. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's one of the greatest enemies. It's one of the greatest things that will hinder your walk today is your success from yesterday. Because what will happen is if you find your identity in what you did yesterday, the good things you did yesterday will become God things today. they'll become things, they'll, they'll cause you to think that you made it, that the successes I've had make me think I've arrived, I'm good. But Paul opens up this passage and he says, whatever were gains to me, whatever I achieved, whatever were accolades, I now consider those things loss. It reminds me of when I was 15 years old And I asked my wife's permission to share this story because there was a girl uh, at the time who was 16 who was the prettiest girl I knew, okay? I've been friends with her for a little bit, but I asked her to come over and and hang out one day and she had never been to my room because my parents really didn't play that. They didn't trust me enough uh, to let a girl come in my room. But finally, I got to take this girl who was my friend, okay, um, into my room. And what's interesting about that was my mentality, right? Like I was so excited as a 15-year-old kid to show this 16-year-old girl my room as if I was still eight, eight years old. And as she walked in, my, my door was over here and I had, a, I had a bed right here. But as she would walk in, there was this eight-foot trophy case sitting in the corner of my room. And on that trophy case were about 60 to 70 trophies that I had earned from the time I was 5 to 15. And I'm not just talking about any trophies. I'm talking about first place trophies. Because we didn't play that participation crap back then. Right? Like, there, if you ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. That's how it rolls. And so you got first place or you got no place. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so, yo, I was proud. Like these were my trophies. I mean, some of them, I'm not talking about the medallions that break by the time you get home. I'm talking about like two, three foot trophies that were on this case. And she walks in and she's like, wow, that's a lot of trophies. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, I see way too many movies. I watch too much OC. I watch I mean, come on. I watched too much MTV back then. I'm thinking like, she's going to be so impressed by these stories I'm about to tell her that it's going to end and we're going to make out and we're going to start dating. you right. And so I start going in. I'm like, yeah, this trophy right here and this, I don't have them no more, but at this trophy right here, this was when we went 30 and 0 over three years in Pee Wee football. And I scored a touchdown. Like I'm, you know, I'm proud. <laughs> And I'm just walking through and I'm like, here I am as a 15 year old kid thinking <laughs> that my trophies from when I was five was somehow going to impress her. And I knew it didn't impress her because as I got done talking about it, I mean, I'm hyped like I am now talking about how impressive it is and how good I am as an athlete. And she just goes, cool. <laughs> then she asked me this question. She said, are you going to keep those forever? Fast Fast forward. Senior year, I'm pursuing the dream of becoming a Division I athlete. All of those trophies were really just steps to cultivate that dream, to one day play Division I basketball and then maybe go on to the NBA, to get a full ride. That was my dream. Well, senior year, district tournament, I tear my MCL on my meniscus and all those scholarship offers I had went down the road. All of a sudden, I found myself in this really difficult place because everything that I had worked for everything that I had achieved, all those trophies, all the things that I did over the course of my life, all those practices felt pointless. Move away. I would say looking back now, I was struggling with depression. I felt like I had no purpose. I had no idea what I was on earth for now. So I move away to get a fresh start and I get to Memphis, third day, I get assigned a new roommate. He walks in, he begins to talk to me about Jesus. And my whole life, I thought that being a Christian and getting to heaven was something I had to achieve. I had to earn a trophy for, based upon the good I did. But then he started talking to me about grace and how it wasn't about the trophy, but it was about a gift that he gave that I could not earn. And on the third day of college, I hit my knees in my dorm room and I gave my life to Christ. And in that moment, God began to transform who I was. I still had some things, but I was no longer who I used to be. But I knew then and I know now, I still ain't there yet. And so I come home. About four months later for Christmas break, I find out that my mom and my stepdad are getting a divorce. My mom tells me that I need to clean out my room because the next time I would come home in the summer, the house would be sold and they would be moved to a new location. So I'd already kind of taken a lot of things to college, but as you know where I'm going, I walk in and what do I see? I see that trophy case. And when I saw that trophy case, that pretty little 16-year-old girl popped into my mind. And I thought about the question she asked, you gonna keep those forever. So I went and I grabbed a box and I began to put them in there. My mom came in the room and she said, what are, you, what are you doing with all of those trophies? I said, I'm tossing them. And she goes, why? And I said, because for my entire life, those trophies were more than accomplishments. Those trophies were more than accolades. Those trophies were more than just good memories. Those trophies were my identity, and when I look at them, my tendency is I want to go back to who I once was, and now I'm not that guy anymore. My identity is not found in my past. My identity is found in who Jesus made me to be today. Amen. Can I just tell you, some of you, you need to learn, write this thought down, to toss the trophies, to toss the trophies. I don't, I don't know what it looks like to you, but I'm, I'm just telling you that the greatest hindrance to you becoming who God made you to be today are the trophies you're still holding to from yesterday. Because it's not just the accolade, it's the identity. And what I had to learn was that my identity then may have impressed people, but my identity had no power to transform me. And so I had to learn to, to, to throw out, to toss, the trophies of who I once was. So now I can actually become who God made me to be. I, I don't know if it's a plastic piece of hardware that you need to toss, but it might be a plastic mentality. It, it may be a plastic faith where it was, it's just your mom's faith. It's just your spouse's faith that they, they drag you to church. I, I don't know what trophies you need to toss. I don't know the thing that you rely on, the thing that you look to validate you. I don't know if it's your Instagram account, your Facebook account. I don't know if it's your salary. I don't know if it's your home. I don't know if it's your degree, but I, I'm just here to tell you what Paul is getting at, that everything is a loss. Everything is trash comparing to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And if you wanna learn how to enjoy your life, it's time for you to understand that your identity is not found in your accomplishments in life, but your identity is found in the accomplishment of what Jesus did on the cross when he resurrected from the grave. That you will never become who God created you to be until you learn how to toss the trophy. And Paul, he says, Whatever were gains to me then, whatever were accomplishments then, whatever were trophies then, I now consider them garbage, scubula. The Greek word there I can't say in church, it means crap. He says it, it was all pointless. It's not the thing that gave me purpose. I'm just here to tell you, some of you are trying to find your purpose in things that will not give it. And then we wonder why we feel like we're not making any any progress. He says, I consider all of those garbage. He said, if you're gonna enjoy your life, the first thing I wanna encourage you to do is toss the trophies, but here's why you need to do that is because until you toss the trophies, let me say it like this, until you toss what's impressive to people, it'll block your vision of what's important to God. I'm just here to tell you what's impressive to people isn't always the same thing that's what's important to God. And oftentimes we live to impress people. And what we don't realize is that in the process of impressing people, we forgot what was most important to God. We forgot what's most important to us. We forgot what's most important to our family because we're so consumed with being impressive in the eyes of people. And let me just finish my my story about the trophies. That 16 year old girl, she wasn't impressed by them. But then, four years later, when I realized what was really important, we had a long conversation, and now it wasn't the trophies, it was Christ. And now, this April, we've almost been married 10 years. And it's not because I made it, but it's because I know I ain't there yet. Touch your neighbor, tell them I ain't there yet. Here's the second thing, Paul. trying to get us to do if you're going to enjoy your life you don't only toss the trophy but you fix your focus touch your neighbor tell them fix your focus fix your focus what paul is getting at is he's saying that if you think i've arrived if you think i've achieved if you think that i am the elite of the elite i need you to understand i'm not there yet and if paul the writer of two-thirds of the new testament can say, I may not be who I used to be, but I'm still not who God's made me to be. I ain't there yet. How many of you know we ain't there either? Paul says, I-, I had the resume, but now I consider it garbage. Now I consider it a loss. Paul says, if any of you think you made it, if anybody tries to convince you that they have a reason to be confident in their achievements, Paul says, if, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, he says, I have more. Come on, touch your neighbor, just tell him, I have more. Come on, say it with some confidence. Say, I have more. Paul says, I know you, you think you've done something, but if Paul says, I ain't made it, neither have we. Paul says, I have more. Listen to what he says. He says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul says, you think you got something to celebrate? You think you're cool because you got a blue check mark next to your Instagram bio? Paul says, oh, I got the blue check mark of Judaism. I've made it. Everybody thinks I've made it. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a Jew circumcised on the eighth day as commanded. I come from the tribe of Benjamin where kings come from. I I studied under a man named Gamaliel, which was the most wise teacher that there was in Judaism. I memorized the Torah. I know the law. I've kept the law. If anybody has a reason to say they're zealous for the, for, for the fear of God, if they're, if they're zealous for their faith, it would be me. I persecuted people who preached against Judaism. He says, but understand, I ain't there yet. And I think it's important for us to get what Paul is trying to teach us is that what is impressive to other people is not always the same thing as what is important to God. Because some of you know, people will clap their hands for your achievements. P- people will pat you on the back. People, our culture, we celebrate all the, the wrong stuff, don't we? We celebrate all of the achievements, all of the fame, all of that stuff. But Paul goes, yo, that's impressive to people, but that doesn't make it important to God. The important thing is, is that I know Christ. The important thing is, is that all of that other stuff is is crap. It's dung, And I got to learn how to fix my focus and move it from what's impressive to what is important. And then he goes, I fix my eyes on the goal.'" I fixed my eyes on the prize, which Christ is calling me heavenward. What is he doing? What's he trying to get us to understand? He's trying to get us to see that we have to change our focus from what is immediate and fix our focus on what is eternal. We're so in the moment, aren't we? We're so consumed by our agenda, by our time. Isn't it funny how we'll tell God how old we are? Like, God, do you know how old I am? He's like, I know the amount of hairs that are on your head or the lack thereof. I know how old you are. But how many of you know God doesn't operate on your timetable? God doesn't operate on my agenda. God doesn't operate based upon always what I think is best in the moment. God operates in his sovereign will, knowing what is best for all of time. And a lot of times we just get so caught up right here, right now that we lose focus that we are not a citizen of earth. We are a citizen of heaven. So I I think as if I'm a citizen of heaven, but I use my hands to do the work on earth. He said, I want you to understand. Listen, we talk about this all the time, right? I gotta get better at managing my time. Stop trying to manage your time. Number one, it's not your time. Number two, you can't manage something you can't control. You don't have the ability to manage your time, but you do have the ability to steward it. God's going, I-, I want you to understand, like, you gotta focus on eternity. You gotta focus on what is important to God. And then he says, I'm gonna shift my eyes. Here's the other thing that will block your focus. He's saying, I'm shifting my eyes from my self-righteousness to Christ-righteousness. And I think a lot of us right now in our life, we, we have to stop just going after and pursuing my dream, and we start to have to go after the heart of God and pursue his righteousness, Because if you start to think you made it, if you start to think it's all about me, if you start to boast in what you did, you'll become self-righteous. And what Paul is saying is he's saying, listen, not a self-righteousness that comes on my own. I have no confidence in my ability. I have no confidence in what I can do for God. But the good news of the gospel is it ain't about what you do for God, it's about what God did for you. It's not about your love for God, it's about his love for you. Can I get a good amen? We have to learn how to fix our focus. I wrote this down. The best way to get compliments is to do the right thing occasionally. But the best way to actually grow is to do the right thing consistently. You go get compliments. When you show up in your kid's life on birthdays and holidays, You, you might get people clapping their hands on Facebook, but you really want to make an impact show up consistently, show up occasionally. He says, I'm taking the focus off of my self-righteousness, verse nine, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. We have to fix our eyes on eternity. Can I just say this to you? because a lot of us right now, we're mad and angry. We've been frustrated, we've doubted God, and we're going, man, God, where is my blessing? I'm 30 now, and I haven't had a kid yet. I'm running out of time. I'm 45 now, and I'm still making the same amount of money as I did 20 years ago. I'm supposed to retire this year, but I know I can't retire because I didn't do everything I thought I would do. And, and we're going, God, where's my breakthrough? Where is my blessing? Where, when are you gonna step in? When are you gonna make that blessing? I just need to tell you this. God is not up in heaven baking your blessing. The blessing has already been given in Christ, but you won't receive it until you're ready to. Because how many of you know, if you get a blessing too early, the blessing becomes a burden quickly. And so what God is trying to get us to do is he's trying to form you. He's not forming your breakthrough. He's not forming your blessing. It's already there, but he's trying to get you to see that until you realize you ain't made it, you got to make progress. And when you are ready to receive the blessing he has, he'll release it. But we have to understand that it's not about us that I may not be who I used to be, but I'm not there yet. We have to toss the trophies. We have to fix our focus on, on heaven. He says, I want to know Christ. He says, I want to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings. What's Paul saying? Is Paul saying, I want to die the way Jesus died. I want to hang on a cross. That's how I want to go out. No, It's not what he's saying. When Paul says, I want to know the power of his resurrection. he's saying, I want some of that resurrection power. Anybody else? I want some of that power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of me. I wanna know the power of the resurrection. But he says, I also want the participation in his suffering. What's he talking about? He's not saying that he wants to die the way Christ died. He's saying he wants to live the way Christ died. He's saying, I wanna live my life in such a way. I wanna pursue God in such a way that I am living how Christ died. Humble, faithful obedient, sacrificial. He didn't die offended. He didn't die with bitterness in his heart. He said, I, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know what it's like when things are dead in my life to see God bring them back to life. And I want to know what it's like to live a life in such a way that when people look at me, they don't see self-righteousness. They see Christ's righteousness. Anybody else in the house want to live that way? I want to live the way Christ Died and he says, Listen, I haven't obtained all this yet. Don't don't make a mistake, don't get it twisted. I'm not there. And he says, But the one thing I do, this may be one of the most important points in everything he says. He says, The one thing I do is I forget what is behind me and I press towards what is ahead of me. Here's what I want you to write down. We have to learn how to remember to forget. We have to become professionals as selective memory. Every single day, you need to remember to forget. Remember to forget what? The trophy. But you also got to remember to forget the pain. You got to remember to forget the guilt. You got to remember to forget the shame. You got to remember to forget all the things you used to be because God's mercies are new every morning and you're not defined by yesterday. You're defined by God and who he's making you right here, right now. We got to remember To forget, let's make it practical. Some of you need to get out your phone right now and tell Siri, I need you to remind me at 7 a.m. that I am not who I used to be. I need you to remind me that his mercies are new today. Tomorrow morning, you should get a little notification, just 7 a.m. You wanted me to remind you that God still loves you. You wanted me to remind you to forget about that in the past. It doesn't define you in the future. You wanted me to remind you that shame is not shame is not your master, guilt is not your king, but you have a greater king whose arms were wider than your shame. But we got to remember to forget, and if we don't, and we and we focus on what's behind us, when you start looking back at the trophies, you'll entertain the thought of going back to the reality. If you if you just live your life backwards. How do you ever expect to make progress? See, the challenge, y'all, is that we can't literally forget it. Like, I I remember the things I messed up on. I I remember those trophies. I I remember the high school game where some dude from Hendersonville pulled me down by my horse collar and we lost the game. I'm not mad about it still, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, I remember that we didn't win the trophy that year. He's not talking about literally remembering. He's talking about your focus. He's talking about your attention because whatever you give attention to will be the thing you worship most. The idea of worship is weight. What are you giving your weight to? What are you giving your life to? What are you putting yourself in and trusting it can hold you up? See, the paradox of progress is the challenge in life, right, is that a lot of us, we wanna grow, we wanna mature, we wanna forget the past so that we can move forward. Like, all of that's good. Here's the greatest challenge, right? Is that when I move forward in one area, it feels like I'm moving backwards in another one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right, it's a paradox. It's like, as I grow in my relationship with God, I feel like I'm missing out on something else. So you wanna grow at your work. You, let's say this, you wanna get a promotion, you want to level up at your job. And so you know how to do that, right? You give more energy and more focus and time to your job. The problem is nothing wrong with that ambition, but we all have done it and we all know that if I give all of my attention to my job, my attention is depleted at home. So one will impress people, but one's important to my wife. One may get me another paycheck, but another one is what's gonna let me know that God is still there and still moving in my life because that's what's most important. Now, I'm not saying for you to toss out your job. Please don't quit today. But what I'm trying to just, I'm just trying to help you see and understand that, you know, as I, what Paul is saying is that as I gain Christ, as I move forward in my relationship with God, watch this, as I get stronger in my relationship with God, I get weaker to my relationship with myself. So as I grow in my faith and maturity in Jesus, I get weaker in my faith and immaturity in my accomplishments. Do you see how that works? So he said, I want you to move forward forgetting what is behind, but pressing on towards the goal. So let me ask you the question, what's the goal? Final thought, you gotta learn how to measure your maturity. What's maturity? Paul says verse 15 all of the all of us then who are mature. We'll touch your neighbor and just ask him, are you mature? Are you mature? He says all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Paul says, we got to learn how to measure maturity. How do we know if you're mature? He says, you'll take this kind of view, the things that I've just been talking about, the things he wrote to the Philippian church. He's saying, if you're mature, you'll think this way. And he says, and if some point you think differently, that's cool, then God too will make it clear to you that you're wrong. If you think you've arrived, (laughs) if you think there's a different way, if you think you can earn your way to God, if you think it's just about religion and good works, if you think it's about your self-righteousness and achievement, you gonna learn today? Come on. God will leg sweep your tail. Just ask Satan who thought he made it in heaven as the worship leader, what happened? Come on. Scripture says he felt like lightning. Ask David when he became king and thought he made it, what'd he do? Instead of going to war, he stayed on his roof and took a stroll and ended up having an affair and then murdering her husband to, carry it, to cover it up. Why? I made it. I don't need accountability. I wouldn't do that. I'm telling you, when you think you've made it, that's not maturity. So, what's maturity? Listen, maturity is not authority. Jesus talks about this over and over and over and over. He says it to his disciples when he's about to go to the cross. They say, Will you just grant us a seat to your right and to your left? And Jesus goes, That's not for mine to grant. He says, The greatest among you must be servant of all. You got it backwards. Maturity is not authority, maturity is humility. Maturity is when you recognize that, yeah, I'm not who I used to be. Thank God, not thank self. I'm not who I used to be. Maturity is understanding, but I ain't there yet. I still gotta make progress. I still have to grow. I still have some things to understand. I have some things I still need to turn from. Paul gives us this expectation, this biblical hope to let us know that our best days are ahead of us. And so we have to learn how to forget the past. Aren't you thankful that God knows how to forget your sin? That God doesn't define you by what you did yesterday. Micah seven nineteen says that he has compassion on you and cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. Hebrews 8 says, for I'll forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Come on, if you're thankful for that truth, clap your hands, you stand to your feet. I'm closing. We gotta practice. Forgetting, we have to learn how to measure our maturity. Maturity is when you're pursuing God daily. You wanna know if you're making progress, it's when you're in a bad situation but can still make good decisions, that's maturity. When you're hurting in pain but can still have a healthy perspective in God, that's maturity. When you're leaning towards the high mark of Christ and not just your own dream, you're maturing. When it becomes less and less about you and more and more about others, you're maturing. When every single day you make a decision to die to yourself, but to live for Christ and consider it garbage, consider it dumb, consider it crap, that I'm not gonna pursue the trophy anymore, but I'm gonna pursue transformation that can only come in Jesus, that's maturity. He says, and everybody who's mature will agree. And if you think there's another way, be my guest, but you're gonna fall because you ain't there Yet, yeah, can you leave behind who you think you are to become who God says you are? You gotta learn how to measure our maturity. A true mark of maturity is understanding I no longer identify with what I've done. I identify with who Christ says I am. You're growing. Some of you, you're growing and you don't feel like you're growing. You don't feel like you're making progress. Because the closer I get to Christ, the more clearer he gets, the more sinful I see I really am. But you're making progress. If God is showing you you're selfish right now, you're making progress. If, if God is showing you that you ain't made it, you're making progress. Because now you're getting closer and closer to Jesus, and not just what he did on the outside, but who he was on the inside. He's making you. Come on, touch your neighbor, say, he's making you. I press on towards the goal. Goals make progress measurable. But I ain't there yet. I wanna end this way. I started thinking, you know, I could get you hype and talk about the breath in your lungs and the blood going through your veins and God's not done with you yet. How many of you know if it ain't good, God ain't done? I can get you hype with that. But at the end, the truth is this y'all, we all gonna die. Anybody thankful that I ain't there yet? Started thinking about death. I know that's kind of dark, I promise I'm going somewhere. Started thinking about tombstones and started thinking about the types of tombstones I've seen at at cemeteries. And I started thinking about and doing some study in biblical history about the different tombstones they would have back then in Paul's time. And oftentimes they would say this as a reminder that I wanna remind you with today. Oftentimes on the tombstone, it would say, I was, but now, I am by grace. Come on, say that with me, say, I was, but now I am by grace. Come on, say, I was, but now I am by grace. I was destined to hell because of my sin, but now I am a child of God because of the grace of Jesus. I was addicted, I was striving, I was finding my identity in my trophies, but now because of Jesus's grace, I no longer have to strive. I can learn how to enjoy my life because what he did for me. And so listen, you may not be there yet. Come on, say, I ain't there yet. Say, but I'm making progress. I want you to know that today. I'm making progress. So will you, um, I wanna pray two prayers, one for those of you who felt like you weren't growing. And I want you to know I believe that God is He's he's forming you, He's growing you, that you're making progress. And I just wanna encourage you, don't quit. I mean, you can't enjoy your life if you don't have one. Keep going, press on, keep moving. Keep going after Jesus. Don't get discouraged when you see how sinful you are because His grace is is deeper than your sin. His love is wider than your shame. So I'm gonna press on to become who God has called me to be, amen? I wanna pray for those of you who that's your prayer. If you will, stretch your hand towards heaven. If that's you, just lift up your hand and say, God, I need your help. I need help realizing that I ain't there yet, but I'm gonna keep making progress. I'm gonna keep trusting you. I'm gonna keep following you. I believe you're making me, and I believe you're forming me in such a way that I can receive every good gift that you have in Christ for me. So I'm gonna trust you with my life. Help me understand that I'm not there yet. Thank God I'm not where I used to be, but God help me understand I still got a ways to go. You can put your hand down. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I wanna give my life to Jesus, I thought it was about the trophy. Today is the day you toss the trophy of your self-righteousness and put your trust in the righteousness of God. That he who knew no sin became sin on your behalf so that he, Jesus, he saved us so that we, us, can become the righteousness of God, not by works, but by faith in Him and Him alone. If today you're saying, I wanna give my life to Christ, I wanna stop striving, I'm receiving the free gift of grace for me. Pray this with me out loud. Church, pray this out loud so they're not alone. Say today, I surrender, I give you my life. I believe that you're enough for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and resurrecting from the grave so that I can be saved, so that I can be forgiven. Now resurrect me and bring me from death to life. If that was your prayer right now, everybody uh, still praying, head bowed, eyes closed. If you're going, hey, today I'm giving my life to Jesus, coming to him, or you're rededicating your life to Jesus, we just lift up your hand right now. So that's my prayer today. Come on, hands going up, amen, amen. I see you, God sees you, God loves you. Father, I thank you for the hands lifted. I thank you for the transformation of what you're doing. I I thank you for loving us so much to not leave us where we are. God, we know we're not who we used to be, but may we walk in who you're making us to be today. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Y'all put your hands together for those who made a decision today. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email stories at renovation.church and if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world you can do that by going to our website renovation.church slash give have a blessed day